You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm Ernie Oates, Tim. I'm Troy. And we're here today to finally talk about Twin Suns. This is an arc, this is a battle that we've been waiting to come to some sort of conclusion since more or less The Phantom Menace. Yes. It's something that... In the Clone Wars, when they brought back Maul, people were a little skeptical on what they were doing with him. I've never watched that, but from what I've heard, it, it does eventually turn out to be something that's good. It's welcomed into the, the Star Wars universe, into the new canon. And his appearance in Rebels has been one of my favorite aspects of the last season and a half yeah. or so. What they've done here between the voice acting, his overall arc, what they've changed him into, this old master... It's just absolutely fantastic, and I'm so pleased with what they've done with this character in the season and how they've integrated him into this storyline and brought a character that I think was sadly killed off in The Phantom Menace, someone that I thought could have been used right through the prequel trilogy as the Vader-esque or the Kylo Ren type of character. Or Dooku. Or Dooku, yeah, anyone. And I'm so happy with what they've done here. Like, How are you feeling about Maul coming into this episode? Just great. Fantastic what they did, you know, since they brought him back in Rebels, I thought that was cool. And just how they handled the character, you know, right off the bat, we see this this crazy kind of mall, actually very similar to what we saw in um, Clone Wars, which is cool to see because they kind of stayed away from that, I, I felt, when we first were introduced to him in uh, Rebels Season 2. So it's good that we got that little uh, recall there. And uh, man, this is this is awesome. This episode is great. Yeah, and, and this is the first time or one of the first times that I've actually sat down and watched this on Saturday night. Yeah. The, the Twitter was blowing up. And StarWars.com, like, they're all releasing spoilers right off the back end of this, even playing to the Eastern crowd. So I just sat down. I said, I have to get into this. I was so excited. It was almost like a cinematic movie experience to me, right? Just this whole opening sequence with Maul, it just completely enthralled me. I was pulled right into this episode not only is he wandering the deserts of Tatooine right but he has just this this look to him like he's been wandering the desert in search of Obi-Wan Kenobi since we last saw him and I had a problem with where they've placed this episode originally before seeing it because I thought to myself coming off the back end of the winter break how are they going to drag this out like we know that Maul is going straight for Obi-Wan Kenobi at this Mm -hmm. point and Ezra and Kanan just kind of kicked around for yeah, a bit, right? Quite a while, yeah. And they do a great job explaining how Maul has been just wandering and he cannot find, he cannot draw out Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is where the episode kind of takes a twist. And this is where we get Ezra involved. And as we go through this, I want to talk about Ezra's involvement here because sometimes I felt like he could have been completely absent from this and we would have gotten the same story. But there's integral parts of this, particularly when it comes to Maul drawing him out that Ezra needs to be present for. Yeah. So swinging over to Ezra, we, we first see him here. He's in his PJs, in his space jammies, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the uh, the holocrons, and it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi from Revenge of the Sith. It's sending his message out to the Jedi. And it's interesting to see kind of canon how he has all of these holocrons kind of collected there. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's very. Right. You know, it's funny actually because that 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 message that we see of Obi Wan, I believe, Kanan actually unlocked that message in the comic book as well. Like Kanan also like released that that okay that alarm. Yeah, to the other Jedi's in the, in the Kanan comic, which is kind of a cool throwback. So going off to your collection of Kanan, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's nice to see the old Obi-Wan, from, or the younger Obi-Wan, I guess, yeah. from Clone Wars. Right, yeah. And I, I always love that kind of integration. Again, it's pulling together these two timelines. What happened in Revenge of the Sith is now affecting what's going on in Rebels to a degree. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And this is where Ezra, he gets the idea that Obi-Wan Kenobi is trying to reach him somehow. He is in some sort of danger, and he's calling out to Ezra through the holocrons. We find out later in the episode that it's actually Maul right. twisting Ezra again, using him to eventually draw out Obi-Wan Kenobi. But it's cool to see Ezra interacting with Kanan and with Rex, who yeah. said, I more than anyone would love to have General Kenobi alive, but he's dead. Yes. And the nice drop line that they throw in here, and it's it goes back to how they constructed the rebellion and how they hid Luke and Leia. But Senator Organa confirmed the death of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That right. is so cool. Brilliant, right? Yeah, because he even keeps that from Ahsoka, going back to the Ahsoka book. Yeah. Ahsoka has no idea, right? Because Bail Organa won't tell her. He contemplates whether he should, right? So, oh, man. So good. And then we see in Rogue One, he does reveal it to Mon Mothma, so yep. he's kept that very close to the chest there. Right. But it's cool that they have these little drop lines, and this is what I appreciate so much about what they do in this episode. It's the little things that matter. Because when you look at the episode as a whole, mm -hmm. it's there's not a ton there. Yeah as far as what's going on. But at the same time, there's so much built into this episode. They've done so much with what seems to be so little. That's right. And it just, oh man, I, I'm gonna say this blew me away so many times throughout this discussion because yeah. it absolutely did. This episode delivered more than I thought it ever could. It really e did, yeah. Even with the duration of the fight being fairly short, I just thought it was incredible. Oh, it's great. And there's so much payoff, you know, again, going back to the books, if you read the books, there's little eggs in there and the comic books. There's so much to give like the hardcore sweaty Star Wars fans out there. There's a, there's a lot there on our plate in this episode. There's so much. Yeah. And, we, and we see Ezra throughout this whole episode too. Again, he's hearing Maul in his head. Yeah. And I like that they've pulled this through. Mm -hmm. And Ezra seems to be, even when he's going in to see the holocrons, he does close his eyes and seemingly use the force of it, like to open the door that automatically opens. Yeah. But it's nice to see Ezra connecting again with the Force because this is something that we've talked about for the last three or four episodes right. of how they've pulled back from this whole Force aspect of the TV show. And Ezra seems to be just playing like he's someone normal, like he's not connected into the Force. Right. And at the end of this episode, I feel like he's back ingrained in this. Like he's, I don't know if this is, again, a rite of passage or something that he's done. He's met Master Kenobi. Like I just felt like they weren't utilizing him as a Jedi or as, a, as an apprentice. Right. Uh, Padawan, Padawan yep. and but now I feel again like okay we're gonna get back into the season four is going to explore a yeah. lot more of this again we're gonna take another step with Ezra yeah yeah definitely agree yeah because we've been talking about that for a while now you know it's been very inconsistent with Ezra whether he's uh you know a Padawan or not in the last four or three episodes yeah he's been lacking in the force yeah. for sure but it's nice to see them kind of address all this a yes. bit here. And it's also nice to see Hera making a plea to Ezra when they're discussing. When Ezra does want to go, he wants to mount some sort of expedition to go and find Obi-Wan Kenobi, whether it's with him or Kanan. But Hera makes a plea to him about staying because he's one of the most important pieces of this Battle of Lothal that they're right. planning here. They're going to take out Thrawn's factor here that's creating the TIE Defenders. They're mounting this massive assault, or they think they are, mm -hmm. which maybe or maybe not coming in the next episode. Right. But it's cool to see how important and integral Ezra is becoming to the rebellion itself, especially to one of the first big attacks they'll be doing as a rebellion. That's right. Yeah, this is the first big one, really. I mean, and then coming up after that would be, I guess, the Battle of Scarif. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. 
So cool. And Ezreal, as they've shown throughout a lot of this season, is that he's quite independent and he's quite convinced that he needs to go and help Obi-Wan Kenobi here. And he commandeers an A-Wing. And it's I love I love seeing these old ships and flies off to Tatooine with Chopper stowing yeah. away in the background. <laughs> I found it quite funny that he didn't notice he was there the whole time. I know, yeah, that's kind of weird. I thought he knew yeah. until he looks back as a Chopper, but you know, a little strange. Yeah. But landing here on Tatooine, this is for me when the episode really gets going. I, I like how they started the episode. It's a bit different than I thought it was going to be. Right. I thought it was going to be all on Tatooine. Yes, it's going to be all focused in on Maul and Kenobi. Oh, yeah, but. I liked that they tied in to the main Rebels, to the Ghost crew here. I felt like it made it part of a more integral story when it comes to Rebels, when it comes to the Ghost crew, our main characters that we're seeing. It feels like it it ties it in a little better. Right. Yeah, see, it, it was funny for me. I mean, I've, uh, I've grown to like it. I've watched this episode a couple of times. And, uh, you know, because I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars, I do feel if this was the Clone Wars, they did such a good job in that series of, you know, having your main characters like Obi-Wan Anakin, Ahsoka, but at the same time, they could give you two or three episodes on just um, the uh, the clone troopers themselves, or or Jar Jar Binks, or Mace Windu. Even um, I felt this episode could have been so much stronger if we got to do that and get away from the Ghost Crew and just give us Maul and uh, Obi Wan. But I, again, you know, the core six is Ezra and the rest of the Ghost Crew, so it makes sense that you have to tie these characters with this whole Tatooine story or Twin Sun story. So. I grew to like it. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you, though, to, to a certain degree. I like that they integrated the ghost crew, but I think that they could maybe have approached it a bit differently. Like, kind of how the episode ends, yeah. I'm a bit left, like, there's a major loose thread hanging here. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that a bit, but yeah. I think it is important to have the ghost crew part of the episode, yeah. but maybe not in the way that they actually were, particularly when it comes to Ezra. Right. Because he plays a, like an important part in bringing Obi-Wan and Maul together, mm -hmm. but I don't know if they could have wrote around that and had some other way. I think they could have, as we get into the discussion here, that they could have had him, because he does mention that he's protecting someone, right? Right. So they could have had that be what draws Obi-Wan out as opposed to being drawn out by Ezra's presence on Tatooine. Yeah. And going out and saving him. Right, right, yeah. And, and that makes sense. And again, yeah, just going back to Clone Wars, because I do know Clone Wars was having much, like a, a much more bigger scale of characters, you know, because you had the army, you had the generals, you had the Jedi, so you even had Sage Ventress episodes, right? Whereas here, the Rebels really is just the Rebel 6. So it makes sense that you have to sprinkle each character in each or each character in each episode. You can't really get away from them. So I, no. I totally agree with what you're saying. But maybe in season four, they could maybe broaden out. Because now we have Wedge and a couple yes. of other characters. They could bring, maybe bring back some other characters that we're familiar with. And kind of build off. Because I would like to build the universe a bit more through Rebels. Exactly. It, it's quite focused in on the Ghost crew. Yeah. For the most part. Right. And we've seen them kind of go out and do this obi-wan maul arc mm -hmm. more or less the maul arc we had some of the vader stuff yeah so it'd be interesting to build the universe a bit more by using characters like wedge and ap5 like we did in the last episode yeah. and kind of extending and branching out because we get everything with the books and the comics i'd love to see them integrating some of these characters that we've seen in the books yeah. or even some of the characters from rogue one and i think they have an opportunity to do that yeah. and to leverage what they did in clone wars and bringing in other characters and telling slightly different stories that don't feel like filler episodes yeah i mean especially with sabine like you yeah. can do that now there's, there's so much characters over there you can just play around with them for a bit definitely so, yeah. definitely um, so Ezra finds himself on Tatooine here. He is drawn in by a Sith holocron using his own holocrons here. And I love that they threw in the sand people here. Got this to. was brilliant. And also, 
when Ezra's running back, he yells, Chop! It's a trap! And yeah, I was you just caught like, that too. Yes. Yeah, that was great. So many nice little throwbacks in such a small little scene. And I love seeing the sand people, the the the, the voices or the, the sounds that they make. Oh, yeah, classic. Yeah, and the fact also, I love that he also, when the A-wing explodes, he says, the A-wing scared them off. Um, they don't like loud noises, right? Yeah. And that's kind of out of A New Hope as well. Yes. Yeah, that just, was... That was great. I, I did think it's a little weird, you know, again, the inconsistency in Ezra. We've seen Ezra at the beginning of the season just take up stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. He's going crazy. And then here, you know, a couple of Sam people just have their way with them. And I'm just like, he didn't pull out his lightsaber, I would think. No, didn't yeah. use the yeah. force. No. Chop saved him. Chop saved him, right? And then, you know, obviously, uh, Maul stepped in there a little bit too. But yeah. yeah. Struck him down. Yeah. And then we have Ezra and Chop wandering through kind of the rock formations, very similar to what we saw with R2-D2 and C-3PO yeah. kind of wandering through that and A New Hope. Yeah. Just a lot of nice callbacks to Tatooine. I feel like they used it like the, the environment enough, what we're familiar with and didn't kind of hit us over the head with it. It was nice that we got a quick thing with the sand people. Right. We do see Obi-Wan riding dewbacks. We use the rock formations, the desert, the twin suns. There's so much imagery there, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was just so organic. Like I didn't feel like they're like, hey guys, remember our new hope? Here's this. Yeah, here's, here's this. Jawas. They could have yeah. thrown everything at us. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And Jabba's palace off in the distance yes. and all this. They could have done so much. Yeah, like bounty hunters or he could have landed in Moss Eisley. You yeah. Know? And there's so much they could have done there. Like it would have been fun. Right. But I don't think I think it might have weighed down the episode too much because you're trying to pick out all these Easter eggs. What we really want here is to see the battle between Obi-Wan and Maul. And I found myself, I thought, you know, as we get into this fight, as we get into these Tatooine scenes, I'm thinking, wow, they're not leaving very much time for Obi-Wan and Maul. Like I looked and paused and I was like, we're 23 minutes in and we still have not had the two of them encounter each other. And so let's quite deep into the episode to leave this fight to. But after is all said and done, I think it was appropriately done. Like, I don't think I would want this drawn out any more than it was. Like, I think that we had the right amount of dialogue from Obi-Wan Kenobi, the right amount from Maul, and Ezra being an important part of the episode. But again, he just kind of rides off at the end, right? Yeah. um, Yeah, that's interesting. You know, this um, episode really picked up for me, actually, right at the point you mentioned when he's going through the sandstorm. I thought the animation there was incredible. Seeing the sand in his hair, seeing Chopper's battery breakdown, I was like, I was blown away. Um, That was great. Ezra, though, when he gets dismissed by Obi-Wan, it made a lot of sense to me. Actually, there's a lot of things there at first I didn't like. Then watching it again, I was like you know what, this really makes sense because, you know, Kanan was never brought up in the Jedi ways. He was never really a master or, or a knight. So for him to, you know, mentor Ezra, he's always struggled with. But when Obi-Wan tells you, you know, get out of here, you're going to listen to Obi-Wan because he's like, he's the master. And he's yeah. kind of the one that could really bring the light to Ezra. So when he, you know, dismissed him, I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. I feel that. That's okay. But man, the buildup, the slow burn throughout this whole episode to that that samurai showdown because that's what it is. Yeah. This, this is this is like no other lightsaber battle we've experienced before. No, ever. It, and I love that they just didn't have them whipping around and yes. I, that's what I thought it was going to be. Right, but it wasn't that. Yeah, and like you said with the imagery, like what they did with the animation here, I felt that played almost as an important part as Ezra in this episode. Right, the way that they were a lot of wide shots, the music was mm-hmm. fantastic. But looking at what they did again. Tatooine doesn't have the color palettes, the contrast no. that you can use and do these big wide shots, but they successfully did it here. They they just, it was so good. And I felt it played such an important part in building up the fight, right? It's making you feel familiar with right. your surroundings, but at the same time, it's making it feel like something completely different. Yes. Oh man, so good. It's great. It's man, incredible. I'm sweating talking about this. <laughs> um, and we, we do find out here that 
Ezra has been used, manipulated again by Maul to draw out Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Ezra eventually collapses in the desert and he's approached by the cloak figure that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. I love seeing him with the big hood up. Oh. And man, this interaction that we have eventually here between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ezra, this is fantastic. Yeah. Steven Stan, this man is a genius. Genius, yes. That voice... You'd swear you're watching Alec Guinness. Like this could have been archival footage or archival audio that they used mm -hmm. and put into this. Like it was on point. It was incredible. I was blown away when he opened his mouth for the first time and I could hear, you know, the dialogue coming out. I was just blown away. This this was crazy. Um, you know, the same the same voice actor does AP5. And what class this character, this voice actor is just phenomenal. And he really just brought that character to life that much more so. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. And uh -huh. even um, Sam Witter. Oh, he's incredible. Always. Yeah. He's yeah. he's great. Yeah. Like I, I could, couldn't think of two better voice actors. Just every word that came out of their mouth, I was yeah. hanging off. Oh, Especially right? Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was just I rewound it like three times yes. So before I even got to the fight. I was like, I have to listen to this. Like it sounds so good. It's it's great. And you know what the cool thing going on with his dialogue is he breaks the fourth wall. You could say, right? Because he calls it out like Ezra shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really, you shouldn't be here. But Maul's, you know, twisted things around because everyone's like, there's no way Maul's like, or not, there's no way that Obi-Wan has interacted with a Jedi since, you know, episode three. So yeah. this, this is kind of crazy. So the fact that Maul kind of pulled off this uh, this scam to bring Ezra here, kind of really using Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, call in reverse because that call is actually to, you know, uh, make the Jedi flee, whereas here is Maul using it in, in reverse. So nice that's kind of interesting. I also like that Ezra just called him Master Kenobi. Yes, I was, I was looking for that. I was waiting for that. Yeah, that yeah. he didn't call him Obi-Wan. That screwed up a lot of things. That was very important. Like, these guys are paying attention. <laughs> like, I, I just... It's so it's such a little thing. It is. That, it, you know, it matters a lot it does. to Star Wars fans yeah. that they didn't do. They didn't have him call him Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was mm -hmm. just Master Kenobi. Love that little, that just that little bit. Yes. It makes everything, the continuity and, and canon, it's so important yes, to guys like you and I. It is. And the fact that they take such good care of it makes me just appreciate what they do so much more. Right, right. And, and you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi also, again, he uh, he touches upon the truth. You know, he's always kind of been bending the truth around and he, he touches upon that in this episode, you know, with the holocrons and, you know, you kind of believe what you want to believe. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, great callbacks here, man. Awesome. Great. And after Ezra is, is sent on his way here. We have this final interaction between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Maul here. The fact that Maul stands there across from him and they have this dialogue. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi seems to be wanting to almost talk things Yeah. Through. Like battle seems to be the last thing on his mind. But it's not until Maul says to him, you're protecting something. Yes. No, you're protecting someone. Yes. Oh. How do you think that Maul knows about Luke? I don't think he did. I think no. Maul is experienced enough and he, he knows how to um, get the best and what he wants the answers out of his opponents. We've seen him do it with Ezra. We've seen him do it with, with plenty of, of, of characters before. And I think he's just playing off of Obi-Wan. He kind of feels something and, and that look that Obi-Wan gives him, that little twinkle in his eye when he, he mentions someone, that's when he set things off right there. That's an interesting take because yeah. that's not how I took it at first. Okay. But I like that yeah. more because I'm thinking to myself like, if he knew there was someone else, yeah. why didn't he just use that someone else? But right. it's cool that, like, because we've seen him manipulate Ezra so much that he's yeah. just playing to the situation, Always, right? Yeah. He gets the idea that Kenobi just wouldn't be here because he knows about he the knows. rebellion. Yes. He knows about everything going on. Right. And why would he be here? And he's not protecting a weapon. Right. Well, he is, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. 
but he's protect like I love that is okay that makes me feel yeah. so much better about that. <laughs> and there's big things because you know ultimately you know Maul was the one that killed Obi-Wan's like main squeeze yeah. right like that's that's a huge factor so they, they go way back there's some history there yeah, yeah. so the, the idea of Maul seeking revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi because mm-hmm. he did like you said he killed Satine. Satine yep do you think it's appropriate for Maul to be wandering around and pointing his anger this revenge at Obi-Wan Kenobi like I know he cut him in half yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you almost think that the score would have been settled by killing Satine and you know would have been better or more appropriate for Maul to go after the Emperor or yeah. do you think this is more about closure for Maul like he almost knew he was gonna die yeah or he was either gonna die or go out fighting with Obi-Wan Kenobi to some degree like do you think there's a little bit more there or do you think it's just that he is a vengeful person yeah I, I think you nailed it right there he's an vengeful pers- uh, person I do think for a writing standpoint it made sense that we you know have some closure to his character there's no way you know that theory out there shut down he's not Snoke we, you know you had to get rid of of Maul eventually um, they did have a couple battles in Clone Wars too even after the Satine okay. death I do believe um, but nothing was ever settled right and everybody did believe that you know um that Obi-Wan was dead. Plus, we do know Maul did have um, a, a showdown with uh, um, Ahsoka as well in yeah. that book, too. So there were some scores to be settled. And and again, it just goes down to that Sith mentality of that revenge. You know, that he kind of let this become an obstacle instead of keeping his focus on Palpatine. Because in Clone Wars, Palpatine actually, you know, does some damage yeah. to, uh, to Maul. And even in that book, um, uh, Son of Dathomir. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So they, they, there's some there's some stuff going on between uh, between Obi Wan for sure and Maul. I gotta get your take on the fight here. Oh, form uh, three in effect. Oh, I guess form three. Jeez. Yeah. Like oh my god. They they kind of sat there and and stood their ground, and they both you know cranked at the lightsabers. And I love that Obi Wan Kenobi changed his form. Yeah. So he did whatever the form three. Yeah. Call it. Which is yeah. iconic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Over the head, and then yeah. he stands back. Right. Into that Qui-Gon pose. Yes. I love that. Oh. Like that, Again, it comes down to the subtleties of this episode. And that was one of the best ones. And just how short this fight was. Like, oh. in my mind, I thought this was going to be a massive throwdown. Right. Like, we're going to see them fighting the same way we saw Dooku and Yoda fighting right. in Attack of the Clones. Right. It's going to be flipping and all over Duel the place. Yeah. Exactly. And it wasn't. It was... he. Maul came out on the same way that he killed... Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, exact same move. He went yeah. for that same blow with the two hands yeah. going for the chin. And we once struck him down right yeah. down the middle. Right vertical oh, too. Perfect. Like, how great of a callback perfect, is that Perfect, right? Especially, you know, because uh, when Obi-Wan first took on Maul, you know, he was just a Padawan. And yeah. that actually made him a Jedi Knight is from taking out the first Sith in, in a long time. To see that full circle go, um, you know, like I mentioned before, Clone Wars, they did fight. But here, Obi-Wan is just grown so far from from clone wars and that fighting style and just made sense because you know the the jedis have always been kind of inspired by the samurais and Mm -hmm. to finally see this battle and yeah it would make sense that it'd be a two minute or not even like a a three three second yeah three blows you know two counters and the blow man that was that was epic and and it still doesn't take away from the fight between obi-wan and vader no. You know, it really doesn't take away from that. We do see Vader. I mean, spoilers, at the end of Rogue One, we do see what Vader can do with a lightsaber. And man, this is oh, this is this is one of my favorite. I, I've said it before, Sabines. No, I take it all back. Like this blows Sabine's uh lightsaber battle out the water. This is this is up there with um the Duel of Fates from episode one. This yeah. is this is up there with episode three's uh battle and um damn and Ahsoka's, of course, with Vader. This is this is freaking awesome. 
Yeah, this this yeah. show has given us some of the best lightsaber battles. Yeah. And I have to agree with you fully. Mm-hmm. This is incredible what they did. I again rewound this three or four times to rewatch this. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's it's just so expertly executed. And I, I just can't believe that like in my I thought for sure they're gonna have a massive throwdown. Yeah, yeah. But this is so much better. And I like that Obi-Wan kind of held Maul yes. there and they had this little interaction as Maul is passing. He says to him, tell me, is he the chosen one? And Kenobi just responds with, he is. Yeah. Like. Oh, incredible. So poetic. You know, the way it ends with those two. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's like bitter enemies, but yeah. they have this really close moment. Right. Like Maul dying in Obi-Wan Kenobi's arms right. as he reveals to him that the Chosen One is on Tatooine, the one that's going to vanquish the Sith. This is an objective or something that Maul has wanted. Right. Since we've, at least since I've watched him in Rebels here, I've yeah. never seen the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, definitely since since the Palpatine fights. Yeah. But just such a great ending. It's not like an explosive ending. It's yeah. quiet. It's subtle. It's just perfect yeah what a better way there's no there's no better way to take out this character no. um so well deserved how they they pulled it off it was just fantastic i love what they did there and you know they kind of had that common ground there that you know ultimately you know we got to keep our focus here on the sith um obi-wan just knocked out of the park it's funny though the chosen one because i still do believe it's funny how you look at it because i do believe still obviously anakin is the chosen one but at this time you'd have to understand that obi-wan you know, Obi-Wan basically realizes that Vader is Vader and he's not coming back yeah. from the dark. So the new efforts from him and Yoda is Luke is the chosen one. But ultimately, it still is Anakin. It's just Luke is the one that brings Anakin around. But at this time, they don't know how the story is going to unfold. So they would think Luke is the hope, at least. Yeah, definitely the hope. And yeah. it's interesting because in the absence of Luke, Vader doesn't turn out the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. And kill the Emperor. Yeah. It's only in the presence of Luke. So exactly. it's, it depends on how you look how at it. How you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Yeah. And then we get that that end of Luke. This, like, oh. we had talked about this in the past, about the possibility of a cameo of Luke. We had, we said, you know, he can't interact with Kanan Ezra. He yeah. can't interact with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Like, there's a lot at stake here. They, they could have taken this down a path where they really wanted to include Luke and have some sort of cameo. Right. But what they did here, just having him on the horizon with the twin sons. We have Aunt Beru. That's straight out of oh. A New Hope, that yes. call. And you see him skipping, running across the horizon there. Like, what a Perfect. way to have a cameo from a character that we're not going to see for a couple of years yeah. yet. And... Oh, man, I just loved what they did there. They put it in there. And this goes back, too, to the comic books. Because Obi-Wan Kenobi has that watchful eye on Luke. And he kind of wanders around sometimes. He helps them out a few Mm -hmm. times. Never really interacts with them. But he's always kind of acting as this guardian from afar. And this just, again, reinforces that. Yeah, and, and you know he has the classic pose where he's he's pulling on his goatee, which we do see, or his beard, uh, which we do see obviously at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Same same kind of thing. Funny enough, though, I know it's far. I know it's a silhouette of Luke, but how old did he look? He, he looked, looked really little. Way too young. Way too little. Yeah, because he should be about what sixteen. Yeah, fifteen, 16, sixteen, seventeen. Actually, because yeah. this is two years before Episode Four. Yeah, Luke's nineteen. Then. He looked about twelve. Yeah, I'd say. and we've seen Leia already, and Leia yeah. looks like sixteen in season three two i think yeah. you saw so that's a little weird but again you know it's a silhouette it's, yeah. it's pretty far away who knows but he runs like a little kid yeah but wow oh man that, that was incredible and you know we all called it i think most fans out there called it 
this would be the final episode of Maul. Yeah. For sure. And it's an appropriate final episode. I yeah. think this character has had a great run. He did. You know, I, he was cut short or cut in half, I guess. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. And I'm glad that I've never, again, I've never seen anything in the Clone Wars, but yeah. what they've developed this character into, he is now on a, like a stature of not quite a Vader, but yeah. he is up there amongst some of the best villains oh, we yeah. have in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I think a lot of the credit goes to what they've done in Rebels here. This old master stuff oh, is brilliant. Yeah, Dave Filoni, he handled it, you know, because going into episode one, everybody loved the look of this character and we were robbed. We didn't get enough of him. So, you know, Dave Filoni brought him back and he uh, he, he knocked it out of the park. We get more comics, which is cool. I yep. finally read the first one and I'm liking it so yep. far. I, I think can't the second wait one see. comes out this week. Yeah. I yeah. think so, maybe. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, that's coming up and uh, I've seen Cad Bane's going to appear in a couple of those comics too. So yep. keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. What did you think about them not using Duel of Fates mixed into the score? I thought they were going to do it because they've done such a great job about weaving in the original trilogy soundtrack, the original yes. score into the score of Rebels. Mm -hmm. I really thought we were going to get a little bit of it mixed in there. I don't know if it would have been too much, yeah. but oh, if they had done that, that, that would have been, that is my only small right. like little nitpick when it comes to the aesthetic of the episode is that yeah. I would have liked an integration oh, of oh. Duel of Fates in there because that was such a big score when they're fighting Maul the first time. Yes. Like I think, again, bring it around full circle oh. would have been cool. It's not a huge issue that yeah. it's not in there, but it would have been awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I didn't even think about that, but um, that that would have been really cool. It might have been a little too much on in the on the sand setting, especially um, because it was such a a smooth transition. It's just such yeah. a quick, you know. Um, damn, yeah, that that would be pretty cool though. Now that I'm thinking about it <laughs> in my head, uh, but I, I I like what they did. I think my only nitpicks, if if I have any, was still I feel like we we could have pulled this episode off without Ezra. Yeah, that's but what it, I want to get to here. Yeah, yeah, but but it opens the door. Like, well, what the hell is his fate now? Like, wh what's going to happen with Kanan and Ezra? There's, there's it's kind of opened the doors more so now. There's a lot of questions to be answered for now. They tied up a lot of those loose threads. Like mm -hmm. I like how they ended the the arc here with Maul. Yeah. But what do they do with Ezra? Like right. I agree with you to a degree. Yeah. You could have done this episode without Ezra and just right. had when Maul was finally killed by Obi Wan, that they did feel that that relief in the Force almost. So you could right. have gotten like, okay, Maul is no longer here because that's kind of the implication when he flies away with his ship towards the end is like Maul is done. Even yeah. not seeing the fight himself, he just assumes that Maul is dead. Yes. And so you could have had that that same effect by having, like I said, some sort of relief in the force. Mm -hmm. And the big question here is Ezra kind of walks up and says, you know, this is my family. This is where I belong. Right. And like, is he never going to tell anyone about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, how does, how are they going to fix that? That's the right. only question I have. Yeah. Because if you didn't have Ezra in the first part of this episode, you don't have to worry about him knowing that Obi-Wan Kenobi is alive. Because Ezra's not really aware that he's protecting someone. Exactly. He has no idea about that. He doesn't no. know the bigger picture. He's all about join the rebellion, but he has no idea what Obi-Wan is set out for. And, and another thing is, Obi-Wan must be talking to Yoda. He must be interacting with Yoda somehow because he knew who Ezra was. And I don't think Chopper told him. No, it probably right? has to come down to... The, Bail? The, like, did he say his name? Yeah, he said uh, Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he did know who he was. So it yeah. must be either Bail or, again, this larger connection to the Force. Because right. remember at the end of the Ahsoka book, when he goes deep, deep, deep into the, the trance, into the meditation, and he figures out to talk to Qui-Gon? <sighs> yes. 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 So, so there's that, and and we we know Yoda obviously is interacting with them yeah. as well. Yeah, that's right though. The Soka book shoot. Yeah. Again. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I still believe as um Kanan's done. 
Like, I don't know about for this season, yeah. but season four for sure. But Ezra, there's so many, so many doors open left yeah. for this kid. He is yeah. a, a loose thread for yeah. sure. And this, I don't know if they're ever going to revisit this because it's, it's perfectly done with the exception of that. Right. Like they close out all of the doors. Like Ezra doesn't interact with Luke. Yeah. You know, Maul doesn't tell everyone that Luke's around right. or that Kenobi's there. Maul dies mm-hmm. and everything else is executed perfectly that it leaves the whole canonical universe intact from yeah. what we have except for this Ezra piece. So right. I don't know if he's going to tell Kanan, yeah, I interacted with Master Kenobi, he's actually alive. Right. And, you know, if he's going to go tell, hey, Hera, we have a jet, another Jedi over exactly. here. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't know what he's doing hanging out in this sand planet, but, like, there, we got to go get him. Right. So there's a little bit of that that's kind of left up in the air. Right, and, I mean, Obi-Wan did tell him, like, Ezra, you're not meant to be here. So yeah. maybe Ezra took that, like, well, I guess I'm not meant to say anything mm-hmm. from what I've seen on that planet, even though they do know he went over there. Yeah, and like so, you, you look at Ezra and how he's been in the past. Like he's never been subtle. No. Like or he's never been one to, you know, listen to someone. Like again, like I think it comes back to what you said that he respects Master Kenobi right. more than anything. Yes. But I just still find it hard to believe that he's not going to say anything to anyone. Yeah. I, he's I, just come come back with this like sense of family and this sense of like this is my my path now. Right. Do you think that set him on the path of good now? Like, it's for sure there's no playing with the dark side. Maul's gone. There's none of that apprentice stuff going on. He's on that light path. Ever since I th- we talked about it at the first couple episodes yeah. here, ever there's an episode there when basically they bro hug it out. Yeah. Him and Kanan. Ever since then, I've never thought that he's going to turn. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take quite an effort now, I think, to get... Ezra to turn if Maul wasn't able to do it that would have been the appropriate person if they're going to tip him over the edge one way or another because he's he's you know he's given in to Maul so many times he's been manipulated by Maul so many times even going back to season two where almost gets them all killed yes and it blinds Kanan to yeah Um, that would have been an appropriate way to turn Ezra or at least get him teetering on the edge Mm -hmm. but now that Maul's gone and Ezra seems to have not even shown anything like that mm-hmm. throughout this whole season with the exception of the first few episodes right i don't think they can really write him that way anymore like i yeah. don't buy that he's going to go down the dark side path unless something really significant happens either in this last episode next week right or into season four we i don't know what they're going to do but right now i'm going to say no okay. what do you think yeah I, yeah i don't see it i mean kanan would have to die in a certain matter maybe he'd have to know that obi-wan's out there and he hasn't you know, come in to play at all and help them out when some characters have passed away. But even then, that seems like such a stretch. I don't think we're going to see Obi-Wan. I don't want to see Obi-Wan actually ever again in, in Rebels because I think, you know, what's done is done and he served his uh, his screen time. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. And if they do, it'll probably be handled in a book because it is still Disney XD and to take your yeah. main kid character and turn him bad for a season while little kids are watching, don't see that happening. No, I yeah. like, and with Sabine being a significant character in this now like they could shift the focus to her yep. and have the episodes kind of surround her I want and be that. more about her yeah. and using Ezra as kind of a mall type character that kind of comes in and out of the episodes oh, okay. and kind of is playing a bit with the rebellion Right. I don't know that's something that they could do yeah. but fantastic episode um, and we've, we've spoken about this before but, but do you think this is going to close the door on an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? No I think no. this actually opened the door even yeah. more so yeah, I think there's a lot we can do now with uh, with Obi Wan. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. But I definitely think we're gonna see a movie. Even uh, Gareth Edwards has been saying he'd love to uh, get his hands on an Obi Wan movie. I think he just said that this week. Yeah, so, there's got to be yeah. something big going on in the Last Jedi or Episode Nine. Yeah, that they're not talking a lot about this character because I 
every single fan and it's going to be even bigger now oh yeah wants to see this character in a solo movie developing what he was doing either right after revenge of the sith oh, yeah. or wherever they can place it in that 18 year time mm-hmm. span or whatever like whatever they do there i think it'll be great yeah. they have a little bit of this to work in but they don't have to worry about much because there's not a lot of interaction there right and i think they could do a lot there and i agree with you this is something i want to see more of and For it's sure. something that i think we're going to see yeah yeah looking forward so, to it what an episode man yeah, Twin Suns, it delivered as they promised yeah. this has been an incredible back half of the season and next week we go into zero hour this is the season finale it's the one hour special this is going to be thrawn's big moment yep one way or another and i'm super excited to discuss this next week yeah can't wait looking forward to it guys this could be the end of thrawn or callus we will see maybe both maybe both yeah so uh looking forward to it so make sure you stay tuned and keep up with uh sw rebels alert yeah we will be back next week if you guys have comments questions or like to be part of the show just make sure to fire us an email at the at gmail.com or you can comment on our facebook or youtube pages and you can always grab us on twitter our handles are at the end of the episode we're always kicking around talking star wars on twitter and we'd love to hear from you guys so man Twin Suns, it's a wrap. Yep. We got one more episode this season. It's been an incredible season. Yes. We got Star Wars Celebration to look forward to with hopefully some footage from season four. Oh. So it's going to be a big couple weeks in Rebels. And I look forward to coming back here next week, running to the nerd room here and discussing Zero Hour, the season finale of what I'm going to say right now is the best season of Rebels. Yeah, after the last episode, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Even with, in the absence of the season finale. Right, yeah. Nice. Absolutely love it. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next week for Star Wars Rebels Alert, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.